I just didn't feel that was fit. I didn't feel that's what the Lord wanted me to preach today. So I, of course, prayed on it some more. And I had been studying a little bit in Job. And I was like, you know what? This is, I think, I think this is where God wants me today. So I did a little bit of a study and read some more in Job. And I just want to talk about Job's character. And I uh, just want to talk about Job because he's such a man to reflect on and to want to be. You know, as a young man, there's always, and for younger men as well, it's, there's always this thing, or for young ladies, it's what you want to be when you grow up. You know, you have that, and I think for adults it can be the same, what I want to be, because we want to be like Christ, right? And one of the things that, um, one of the great men God used was Job. And I just want to reflect ourselves on this great man God used, and how God just lifted Job up in such a high standard. And just what an amazing man Job is. So if you turn, you've already turned to Job. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Job chapter 1. Um, stand with me, if you will, as we're reading the word of God, as respect. Um, Job 1, we'll read chapter 1 all the way to verse 21. So bear with me. I'll read quick. Verse 1 to 21. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that his, this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his, um, every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feastings and were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them. All for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of Job, God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And Satan answered, answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and there was a day... Um, it was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a me messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the um, Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, said the, 
Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and there carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, charged God foolishly. David, would you pray for us? David Pierman. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, thank you for bearing with me for all that. <laughs> that was a lot of scripture, I know. All right, so chapter one, I wanted to talk about there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. So here we are, Job, this great man of God, and that man was perfect. So as it describes, so it's not just um, the person um, that we're reading here talks about Job. We're not reading this verse. But also as it makes another mention of it in verse 8, where the Lord is talking to Satan and brings mention of this. This is a high standard for any of us that are fleshly in sin. And in verse 8, he says again, The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect? So we are not perfect, but God calls him perfect. So I wanted to read in Psalms 18.30, if you'll turn with me. You can keep your place in Job. In Psalms 18.30, so we can't be perfect, but the Bible calls us to work for that. Um, and I find it very interesting that Job was called perfect, and yet we cannot be perfect. In Psalms 18, I should probably turn there. I wish I could do two things at once, talk and turn, but I have a problem with that. I can't do it. Verse 18, Psalms 18.30. Uh, verse 30 to verse 32, so it says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. So I'm thinking, if we can't be perfect, but God's way is perfect, so how do we become perfect? We follow after the Lord's way. That's the closest that we can get. We can follow after the Lord's way because his way is perfect. So let's follow this word. So Job was a man who followed the Lord's way. That was the way he was, that's how he was perfect. Because he followed after the Lord's way. Now, we can't be perfect, but in God's eyes, God called him perfect. I believe fully it's because he walked in the way of the Lord. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to those that all trust in him. Job was a man who trusted in the Lord with all his heart. Verse 31, for who is God save the Lord? For, or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. And here's David again. His, his way is perfect because of the Lord. We need to follow after the Lord's way, and that's how we can be perfect. We can't be perfect, but for God to call us perfect is another thing. We need to follow after the way of the Lord, just like Job did. And turn back from Job. I think I lost it. I should keep a place in Job. Some wise ideas. Why something I should have done. Hold on. Bear with me. I'm trying to find it. 
You know, your mind goes blank when you're nervous. I know I preach here many times, but I'm still nervous. All right, so Job, I'm going to keep my place in there too. All right, so back in Job, as we read chapter 1, as we had talked about being perfect, we need to follow after the perfect way of the Lord. We can't be perfect, so why not we follow after the way that is perfect, and that's the Lord God. Um, Job was not just perfect, but God also calls him upright and upright. As God says, servant Job, that... Um, there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man. And uh, the reason why I'm talking through these different things of Job, because isn't Job what we want to be? You know, when I read the story of Job, I just don't think, like, that's a good story. That's not how I look at it. It's, not, it's a good story. I think it, this is a real man who truly loved the Lord and served him to where God said, that is a good man. And that's what I want to be. You know, I just read this, and I'm like, that's what I want to be. So when I'm reading here, I want us to read to this, not as it's a good story. This is something I can read. This is, I don't want that to be our thinking. I don't want, that's not, it's a good story. Yeah, it is. But it's also a real good man that I want to be, that we should all want to be like. Because in the end goal, being like Job will end up, will be like, will be like Christ, because Job reflected himself so much like Christ. He walked in the perfect way of the Lord. And then also, as we talk about, he was an upright man in 2 Samuel. You don't have to turn there. In 2 Samuel, I'm turning. In 2 Samuel, chapter 22, verse 24. He says, I was also upright before him. So here we are. For I, um, I'll read 22, verse 22. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God for all his judgments were per performed before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him and have kept myself from my iniquity. Uh, what is iniquity? Iniquity is unrighteousness. And usually when it has something like it describes one thing, a good thing will describe the bad thing that is the opposite. So we know what's the difference. So upright doesn't have a perfect meaning, but we can take it from if they have iniquity is the opposite, the opposite, the contrary part of upright, and iniquity is unrighteousness, then upright could be a part of righteousness. Um, and also in Psalms, right where we are, so Sam, Second Samuel chapter, that's where we did, Psalms 18.23, it also talks about, David also describe, talks about being upright and also not having iniquity in Psalms. Psalms. So Psalms 18.23. Eighteen twenty three. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. So keeping himself from unrighteousness, upright is righteousness. The meaning of upright is, of course, it's two words connected, kind of, you know. It's up and right. I think of an, uh, an example to describe it is, you know how you have a tree that grows up? That's upright. A tree grows up. You know, you have others that do other things, but a normal tree, if you look outside the window, <laughs> where I live, we live in Maine, is a tree usually grows upright. It's up. 
And you think about that is a healthy tree. Um, usually a healthier tree will be one that grows normally, like it was made, right? Um, it grow, that's upright. It growing exactly how it was created. God created it to grow upright like that and collect the sun, and that's where it grows healthy and grows big. Well, that can be us too. Is God created us to be upright, to be righteous, but then we sinned in the garden. But then we are to be upright because that's how God made us. We are to be what God wants us to be. Like we can't be no more, but we can still work towards that because now we are his children or we are saved by his grace. So we are to work to be like Job, to be upright as Job is. I want to be upright like Job, perfect. I want to walk in the perfect way of the Lord and upright. I want to be righteous and not have iniquity be found in my heart. And then also one of the great things of... Um, Parson Job, and one that feared God, I love this one, and one that feared God and eschewed evil, as we find in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is. So Proverbs 8.13, if you turn with me, Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, the fear of the Lord. So we're talking about, so Job feared the Lord. So what does the fear of the Lord mean? So this is a good, I love this verse. This is amazing. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. I listened to this pastor who preached this um, ser service once, and he said, you know, we can tell um, how a lot of the Bible and some things that it describes us loving things is what we hate. And this pastor, he, um, as an example he used that I really liked, I don't have anything better. He said, um, he said um, his parents and his brother and sister had died from cancer, this pastor. And he said he told everybody he hates cancer. He said, why? Because he loved his family. And that's how God sees if we truly love God and will want to fear him like the good servant Job um, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. I want to have the fear of the Lord, and I pray all of us do too. And we want to have the fear of the Lord. And it, what is the fear of the Lord? As we read again, hate evil, hate pride, hate arrogancy, hate the frower mouth, and all these things we must hate if we're going to love God and have the fear of him and be a good servant like Job. In Psalms 119, 97, all the way to 94, so in Psalms, you turn with me to Psalms, Psalms 119, 119.97 through to 104. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they art ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Here again, David saying he hates every false way. And that, that's the fear of the Lord, to hate all these things that are wrong. You know, you think about all these different uh, wrong way religions or other um, false things. We are to hate those, but that means not to hate the people. 
Um, a lot of Christians take that wrongly, where they think I'm supposed to hate the wrong way, the false religion, and the false this and the false that. But that means you're not supposed. That's not means you're supposed to hate the person. We are to love the people, but then hate the false way that Satan has led them astray. We are to love the Lord's word. And a little bit of a rabbit tail, talking on as he says meditation. Um, David says, "Oh, how love I thy law." He says, "I love it." And you know what I love about this verse? is he has an exclamation point when he says this. Oh, how I love thy law. I just, when I read that verse, I just, I just, it just sounds amazing. I just want to scream it out loud from the rooftop. He loves the Lord's law, and he's saying it aloud. He's saying it out loud, and that's what we should be. He says, I love thy law so much. We were at a Friday game, and if you're, if you go to a game, most people, some people are different. Um, some people are other different, but I'm one of those people that I'm going to shout all the way for my team. I'm going to make the shirt, the Pioneer shirt says, make some noise. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to shout and I'm going to cheer my team on. But I'm also going to do that for the Lord because I'm like, this, the God is more important. And I'm going to love his word and I'm going to shout his word. And I love his word. It's amazing. And it says, it is my meditation all the day. He says, meditation all the day. And what does meditation mean? It is meditation and thinking, I want to say, is two different things. A lot of us think of the Word of God. A lot of us think of God. And a thought is something that quickly passes away. Just a thought is this and that. Just you think of a thought as you think of, think of a, a uh, bicycle, and then gone, it's gone. You think of a bicycle and it's gone. That shouldn't be the Word of God. The Word of God should be the meditation. And what is meditation? A better understanding of meditation, it is a serious contemplation in one's mind. So as we go into the Word of God, I believe fully Job was a man who meditated daily on the Word of God. He truly loved the Word of God. He feared the Lord, and I know he had great meditation on the Lord. He prayed continually for the Lord and for his children. He had deep meditation. It's a serious contemplation. It's not a thought process. It's not, it's not a thought that quickly just goes and disappears. That's the same thing. <laughs> it comes and goes, as I should say. Um, it's not a thought. The Word of God should be a meditation, a serious contemplation. And he says all the day. And he says it out loud. He shouts it. It is my meditation all the day, period. And that's for all of us. We should be like David. We should be like Job. This true love and fear of the Lord and have this real meditation all the day. You know, when I think about it, all of this day, this is a, this is a, this is a Sunday. So, of course, we're in the Word of God, and it's going to be our thoughts, or maybe our meditation, hopefully. But you know, if you think about it, tomorrow is going to be another work day. The next day is going to be another work day. Until Wednesday night, and then we have the services. But if you think about every single day, it's just going to be another day where we get back to work and we get back to our normal lives. I know Job did not live that way. Job walked in the way of the Lord, perfect. He was an upright man. He feared the Lord and eschewed from evil, and I know he truly loved the word of God, just like David here says, I love thy law. Job was a man like this, and this is a man I want to be. This is all a man that we should all like strive for and work towards and be. We're all Mainers. Most of us are all good hard workers. We know what hard work looks like, and we're going to work. That's, you know, if I think every day as I work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day as we worked and work hard, um, that was hard work. We'll give that job the best. Sometimes. Most people, Mainers, will give the best we got every day of work. But then when it comes to the Bible, sometimes we don't do the best. We don't do as good. But we know what good works looks like, so I'm saying let's use that good work that we know for something right here. This is what it, it, God deserves all the work that we should give him. 
meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. And all the Lord's done, we need to be, he needs to be our meditation all the day. It says in verse uh, 100, um, I mean, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. And that's what we should do as Job is an upright man. Verse 102, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. I think of the Bible as food. The words of the Lord are food. I'm not literally going to eat a page. You won't see me doing that <laughs> like a goat. But as I think of it, the word of God is food. Um, as I'm, you know, as we take every day, our spirit, you know, my pastor has an illustration where we have the flesh and the spirit that are always battling. And pastor will use the illustration, it's a white dog and a black dog always battling. Whatever dog you feed the most is going to be the strongest. Well, that's exactly, that's very true. That's how our life is. If every day we're working and we're dwelling and meditating on not things of God, the spirit is going to be weak. And we're not, we're not being like Job. We're not being like Christ. And we're not truly loving the word like we should. It says in verse 104, the last verse, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. We need to hate those things by, um, I forget how he per, um, uses it, by um, what we hate is, okay, I'm trying to, what did I write down here for? What, okay, what we love is by we hate, if you know what I mean, if that makes any sense. Um, we hate the devil because we love God, right? We hate sin because we love God. And the people that don't love God, they love sin. They love the, you know, the wicked things and the false way. We should hate those things. And, you know, I'm not thinking it's the hate that we say. It's the hate that um, the person that would... Uh, walk in front of somebody and trip them. You know, you'd be like, oh, that angered you, right? That should be the anger and hate that we should have for the false way. Sometimes that we can have the wrong kind of hate. We need to have the right kind of hate where we actually truly hate that stuff so that we follow after the Lord and be just like Job, a good man, and to be like Christ. Back in Job, as we read, um, perfect and upright and one that feareth God and escheweth evil. He was such a good man. That's how exactly how God described him once again. As you read in verse 8, an upright man that feareth God and escheweth evil. Escheweth means to run away. It's to go the other way. And if you remember on Wednesday nights, I talked a little bit about this. If you return with me to, um, um, let's turn here, Psalms 119, 113. 119, we don't even turn, don't have to turn far. 113, um, as we're talking about hating the things, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. I mean, because so this is usually I've talked about how we'll have opposition here. So we'll have the things that we should do and then the things that we should do. It usually has a, we're contrary to each other. These are the opposites. I hate vain thoughts. What's the opposite of hating vain thoughts? But thy love do I love. So to love the Lord's law, we have to hate vain thoughts. If we love vain thoughts, then we truly don't love the law of the Lord. So we need to hate that. So we can love this, the law, his book, his word, this amazing scripture that he's given us. In verse um, Psalms, um, so I got verse Psalms, I said 104, 113. I'm trying to find my place here. 13. So if you, um, if you turn with me to um, Proverbs 1, 7, it talks again about the fear of the Lord as we talk about 
the fear of the Lord is to hate. We talked about to hate all those wrong things in the false way, the froward mouth. The fear of the Lord is Proverbs 1, 7. To hate and to the hate is to love. And Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But we know what the fear of the Lord is. It's to hate, and they said the false way, hate evil and pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth. Do I hate? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So hating all these things is the beginning of knowledge. And I don't know about you, I want to have knowledge. And it's not just this vainly knowledge that the world gives us. This is knowledge of the word of God. So did we need to hate all these things to have um, the beginning of knowledge. I want to have knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And there you go, another, the opposite. But if you don't have the fear of the Lord, and you don't have knowledge, but fools, you'll be a fool. I don't know about you. I don't want to be called a fool. Despise wisdom and instruction. I don't want to despise these such things. These are amazing things. Psalms 111, verse 10, you don't have to turn there, says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here we go again. It's, it's also the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So Job was a man of wisdom. He had wisdom because he had the fear of the Lord and he shoot evil. He was a man of great wisdom, a good understanding, having all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. In Job 28, 28, if you'll turn with me, this is an amazing verse I like to make mention. I made this on a Wednesday night, and also a truth Baptist. It's probably going to be one of my favorite verses for here on out. Once I found this, I um, there's a verse um, that we're um, later going to get to. And we talk about how David talks about um, that the Word of God, he's in awe because how amazing the Word of God is. He loves the Word of God, and he is in awe. And I think about when was the last time we got up and we got to our Bible, and we sat down in front of it, and we started reading it, and we were in awe. When was the last time we got to the Word of God, and we were in awe because we were just, this is an amazing book. When was the last time? Because then we don't truly love the Word of God. If, we got to be in this awe. This is where the Bible should be. It's, it's amazing. It should be this true love and this seeking that we have for this word of God should be real. And then we go to it. We should be in awe because it is amazing. This is the word of God, the perfect, the pure, that God has made this book. How many times in the, wor in the world, many years, there was this big fire in um, in um, England where they had burned all the Bibles. And even in the Bible days, people were destroying this book. But thankfully, God preserved it through all that time. Man has not corrupted this book. Man has not touched it. It's amazing. God has kept it. This is an amazing book that has stand for the passing of time. And that this should be our meditation all the day. This is, this is, we should be in this awe. This is how amazing the Word of God is. If I can remember where I was going, I was talking about <laughs> the hate, uh, Proverbs 1, 7, I said at the beginning... Oh, yes, Job 28, 28, as I came to this verse, I was in awe because this was just an amazing verse because we were talking about wisdom. We were talking about the fear of the Lord. We were talking about um, understanding and to do apart from evil or a shoe from evil. And this describes so much. Job 28, 28 says, And to man, he said, Job here, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. So it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge, but it is wisdom. The fear of the Lord, to hate all these things is wisdom. So wisdom is not as hard as we thought to get to. Wisdom is not that hard to get to. All we have to do is hate these things like we should, hate the things that Satan and our flesh has brought into our lives. We have to hate these things, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth. So I hate, we got to hate all these things, and we will have wisdom. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. 
and to depart from evil, a shoe from evil, like have understanding. If we shoe from evil, I think of um, Joseph when he was tempted from uh, Potter's, um, Potter's wife. He is, that was a shoe from evil. He ran the other way. So all evil that we are, um, wickedness that comes by our way, we are to run away from it. We are to depart from it. That means we have an understanding of what God wants us to do in his book, for his book and what he's given us. And uh, it's just an amazing verse. And um, Psalms 119 will talk about what we are supposed to love and what God has given us in his word. The amazing you know, I, last, I preached on, uh, I, a lot of these verses I actually mentioned because I talked about last week on Sunday at Truth Baptist, I preached about the treasures of his word. And one of the treasures of his word is, of course, wisdom and knowledge and understanding that. And then it's the fear of the Lord and depart from evil. And what I mean by the treasure of his word, as I talked about in Colossians last week, is the treasure of his word is every word of his book. And it is supposed to be treasure. And we're supposed to truly seek after it and love it as David did. You know, David's the only man called, um, that is said to be the, um, David was called the man after God's own heart. And I made this mention at Truth Baptist. says, you know, only three or four times it's mentioned in the Bible that David loved God. Only three or four times. And he's the man after God's own heart. So what happened there? But, you know, countless times in Psalms, he talks about how much he loves the word of God. We just talked about in a few verses earlier how he loves the word of God, the law, his statutes, his precepts. And this isn't just a love how you, um, um, I, I think it's deeper than loving a person, how we come to this book. Because this is the Lord, God, our Father in heaven, how we're supposed to love his word. So we're supposed to love in Psalms. I probably should turn there. Like I said, I can talk and I can't flip at the same time. I have that same problem on my podcast. I'll be talking away, and then I can't, I'll be turning to the somewhere else. Psalms 119. Is that right? Psalms, yep, 119, 165. This is a verse, again, that I was in awe because of how amazing it was. We'll read verse 161, verse 165. So 119, um, chapter 119, verse 161 and 165. And if you read this with me, verse... Yeah, I already said, never mind. Okay, so the first, we'll read verse 161. Say it again, forgive me. 165. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. That was what I was talking about when I said the word of God, should, we should be in awe for his word. And that's what I mean because this is the verse I was talking about. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. Sometimes people will um, hurt us or put us, we don't have persecution that um much anymore in America, but there can still be things that occur to us that are struggling and have a hard time, and we're like, what did I do wrong? What did I do? And sometimes it's, but what he, we got to be like David here, where he says, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. And I think of that to be in awe of his words, to be on our knees, and to just be like, this is amazing. You know, if you think about fireworks, how you go, you know, if you go to the 4th of July, and you see those fireworks, and it's Yes, I have sound effects. And it's just fireworks are just blazing up in the sky, and it's like, wow, that's awe. That's amazing. Whoa, oh man, it's cool. That's like the awe we should have for the Word of God. But even more, that's not how much we'd have for the Word of God. So when I'm reading, I see these fireworks going off, the treasure of His Word, just how amazing it is. 
things are going off. It's just, this is amazing. The word of God, it's in, we should be in awe of his word. This is amazing. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. If we do so, we will, we will rejoice, like David says. I will rejoice at thy word. We'll be happy. If I ever find yourself being unhappy, find your, go to the word of God, because then you'll be happy if you start reading his word. As one that findeth great spoil, I hate in a poor line. Once again, as we're talking about hating these things so that we can love. I hate in a poor line, but thy law do I love. Once again, here we are. Verse 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they. This is the verse that I, was, I wanted to point out. Great peace have they which love thy law, but nothing and nothing shall offend them. So this is how we know we love the God enough and we love his word and his law and that we can have peace. You know how people say they don't have peace? Well, I, this is the reason why. And I, um, this pastor brought this verse, and I just, oh, this is a verse that's amazing. Great peace have they which love thy law. To love his, wor his word, and nothing shall offend them. Do you ever, you know, every day as we go on, sometimes people offend us, right? Somebody, something said, um, something occurs. We're offended sometimes in any way at a basketball game. <laughs> you get offended a lot. That is just how they're treating your team members. And just there's things to be offended by every day. And as you think of the times that we, because we all do it, we're all not perfect. Is every time of the day when we say, oh man, that person offended me. Or we think of that, or that pastor of mine, and they offended me. What we are saying is that we don't love his word. And we can't have peace because we are offended. So I know that I don't love the word of God enough. And I don't, I'll never, I won't have peace until I love his word enough. Because I'm offended. You know, if when we are offended, and we're like, you know what, when I, every time it sparks, sometimes trying to keep it away and not be offended, and sometimes it will spark in your head, and you're like, oh, I want, to, your flesh wants to be offended. You want to have that grinding, that anger in, your, um, anger in your mind, but God doesn't want us to. So what we do is when we have this spark is we can read this verse and be like, you know what, but I love this book more. I love this book more. I want God to have preeminence in my life. We've got to be in awe and love his word so much so much that it's just the light of our day. You know, as I think of sometimes we're sick or dealing with a cold or a dairy dray like this, and there's no sun in sight, I got the light of the world right here. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's within me right now. And we have his word, and we can be in awe. We can make this day bright. We can make this day, we can make this day bright in the light of the world because we have the Lord Jesus Christ with us. We had his word, his amazing scripture, his treasure. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. So let's try, let's work hard, write it down, memorize the verse, try to get that in our brains, thick skulls. We have such thick skulls, you know? I think of James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word. So I hear this word, I want to be a doer of this. I don't want just to hear it. It says, uh, but be doers of the word, but not hearers only deceiving your own selves. I don't want to deceive myself as I heard it. I don't want to just be a hearer. I want to be a doer. I want, I have, we have ears to hear. You know, I think um, of this mention, by this pastor, he said, you know, we have two ears. Isn't that funny? We have two ears to hear, always listening. But then our mouth can be silent. Our mouth can be closed. It's captured and it's blocked by a cage of teeth, and it can be closed. So we are more to hear. We are meant to listen. We are meant to hear and to read the word of God. Peace have they which love thy law. So let's be doers of his word. Take this verse and run away with it. You know what I mean by that? We just got to take it. We got to just take it and run away with it. I, I don't know about you. I love running. 
everybody would disagree probably. <laughs> I love running, but we need to take the word of God and just run with it, grow with it, use it, and take it and don't, don't let it fade away in the distance, but take it and love it and truly make a change in our lives. You know, God is the only thing that does not change, but we are supposed to. So many Christians today don't want to change, but we are supposed to. We are supposed to change. I'm not a big fan of change. I love changing for the Lord. But as you notice, I haven't stopped uh, changing. I haven't stopped, you know, I, the, last, the time I didn't like change, I was about this height, and now I'm up here. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I like that change, but if you know what I mean. I don't like my brothers because he's taller than me. I wish he would have stayed the same. <laughs> but the things like this is God wants us to change. We are supposed to change for him, to be more like him, and to be like this great man, Job, to be like Christ. And uh, Job, as you turn with me back to Job, Job 120. You know what's amazing about Job? Is on all these men, these, all these people coming and making fun of him and saying, God, you're not serving God like you should. You know, as I was reading in there, he didn't seem once offended. He didn't offend him. He always stood up. He was always wise because he feared the Lord, truly. And he, he never seemed to be offended. I know that for a fact that means he loved the word of God. He truly loved the word of God, and he had real peace that we should want, that we should strive for. In Job 1, 20, um, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, I was another verse in, to be all about. <laughs> verse 20 for it says, so chapter 1, verse 20, Then Job arose, so as I um, tell you, so this is all, so all this stuff has happened, okay? All the things, messengers came one by one, telling them of their stories and all they had lost in just a few moments. You know, sometimes we lose people slowly. It's truly time, but uh, we lose them slowly. But he had lost everything at once. I just imagine what that could have done to a man. That he lost just in a few moments. He lost everything. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. I just thought, any of us are not there. None of us, I don't think, are there. This man had lost everything. Everything he had, he had riches, wealth, riches, um, he, a healthy body, and he had, um, he had children, and he lost it all at once. And what did this man do? Some of us would break, some of us would, I don't know what we would do, but this is not what we would do. This is not what any of us would do. But what did he do? He fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Now, he didn't go to some, uh, he didn't, um, now today's worship is very different. But I think this, I think this, I fully believe this worship is more real than any worship you'll find anywhere. Is when he fell down upon the ground and he worshipped. Meaning he went to his face to the ground and he prayed to God earnestly and he praised the Lord for what he has, still has. He praised the Lord and he gave God the glory that he truly deserves. And what did he say in the next verse, 21? And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. That's what his answer is. That's what he says. I'm like, what? If any of us today had lost anything, this wouldn't be our answer. You'd be like, oh, God disappointed me. God's taken another thing from me. I know so many people that would, you know, the world, they like to blame God for everything. And there are Christians today that have fallen away from God because they blame God for everything. And we take things so offensive. But this is his answer. This man of God, this is what his answer is. And the Lord hath, um, what is this? And the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He praised the Lord no matter what. No matter what. He was, 
He was such a good man, and he stayed one. The Lord took everything from him, and he still stayed the same good man that, he should, that God wants us to be. And I think about it, today, I'm probably not there. Most of us can all agree, we're not there. If we were to have lost everything like that, would, be, would we be in the same place? We would like to think we would, but then if you think about it, as we still get offended by things, we truly don't love the, Lord, the word of God like we should. We're not in awe at so many things of his word. How just so many, we don't truly have the fear of the Lord yet. We haven't departed, we haven't fully de- um, have the understanding. And there's just things, we don't truly have wisdom, we don't have the knowledge of his book. And there's just so many things we still need to grow up on. And we need to just grow up and change to be more like him. As I think of this, so we're not there yet. If we think about, I don't, you know, we don't spend every day on meditation on the word of God. We don't do that yet. But we need to be there. We need to grow. We need to, um, as you think of, of 1 John 2, 6, walk as you, um, 1 John 2, 6 saith, um, I'm trying to think of the verse. Probably not. Okay, First John 2, 6. He, he that saith he abideth him on himself also so to walk even as he walked. We are to walk towards the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to walk to be just like him. Walk as he walked. And we know how he walked. We'll talk about it in the next few verses a little bit later. But this great man, this is how he dealt with what he had. And that's how now, that's, I don't believe that's how we would do it today. Most of us all today, that's not how we, we would like to think we're that godly. But then if you take little pieces, as we are reading here, and the fear of the Lord and all understanding and all these little pieces that we really don't have, we, don't, we take, still take offense by things. And we just all these, we look at these pieces that showing that we truly don't have these pieces that Job had. So how are we going to be like Job if we don't have what Job had? And he wasn't as, we're, we don't, we're not as perfect as we should be. We're not upright. We don't walk you know, in the Lord's perfect way. And we're not an upright man, and we're not feared by, um, we don't fear the Lord, and we're not, we haven't eschewed from evil, and we don't have these pieces, understanding and wisdom. And we don't have all these things. We look at these pieces, I don't have this. So how am I going to get there? How am I going to do this? And you know, I take, it takes a, a strong humbleness. It takes real work. We know what real work looks like. Most of us mayors know what real work looks like. And that's what we got to do for the Lord. That's what we got to do. We got to bountifully work. We've got to, I don't think that's the right word. We gotta heartily, we gotta work hard. And that takes time and prayer. That takes what um, Job had done and fell down upon the ground and worshiped, taking time for the Lord. That's the hardest thing for us to sacrifice is time. It doesn't matter how consumed you are in your work. I work four days a week, there's still people with more. I get up early in the morning, but there's still people with more, but excuse me, but I still think there's no excuse. You know, I still there's no excuse for any time in the world. There's still time to make for the Lord. And he deserves it. And if we're going to be the peace of what if today God took everything we had in an instant, just like Job? Most of us would probably fall on our knees and want to end our lives. We wouldn't be like Job, but I want to be. I want to be. And that's what we need. We want to, we need to love this word. We need to grow. We need to want to grow. We want to be like him. We want, we need to have that want to be like him. And we need to be doers of the word and not just hearers and to grow and to change. He'll never change, thankfully, but we need to. We need to change. We were meant to change. And he says, verse 22, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He never charged God foolishly. He never blamed him for anything. He never just prayed. It just it doesn't make any sense because, you know, that's what I want to be, but knowing, you know, just how... You know, I just don't serve the God like I should. 
most of us can probably agree we don't serve God like we should. That means we need to make a change, right? I just think it's like, like oh, I, you know, I'm, people are like, oh, I've had conversations with people. I've, um, I worked at, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been with people before and I've had conversations with uh, Christians before and they'll be like, yeah, or, or people that just, I was talking about me, my service to the Lord and they were like, wow, they're like, oh man, they're like, oh, I just do this. Or, I would like to do that, but I just don't. And I'm like, you know it's there. A lot of us Christians are there. We know it's there. It's right in arm's reach. It's right here. But yet we don't grab it. We don't take it. You know what I mean? It's just like something, there's this wall in our brains or something. It's just flesh. It's Satan just tearing and tearing us down. But we're hard workers, so we know what to do. We know what it takes. We know it's right there. The Word of God, it's right there. If we just reach for it, if we just grab it, if we truly just be doers of the Word of God, we know what it takes to be just like Job. We have it. We, we talked about all the pieces that we need. We need to take every piece and work on every single one. We have it. It's right here what to be, how to be like that, how to be just like the man God wants us to be. When I go to heaven, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a disappointment. I want to go to God and be a disappointment. Because this life, you know, this life, all this stuff, it doesn't matter about disappointing this person, this person, or, um, or this person, disappointing your boss, disappointing this guy or that guy. I'm really worried about disappointing God. That's who I'm really worried about disappointing. That's really who matters. This earth, this, right, all this is vanity on this earth right now. But when I get to heaven, that's when the real life begins. And I want to have, I want to have, I want God to be happy of me and to have a good, um, a good, um, I want to have God, as God described Job, that's how I want to be described. But I need to get there. I need to. I need to get there. I need to. Um, I need. We need to work for that. This pastor made this illustration once, or he says, we're, "When heaven's going to come, as we know, we reread in the verse, it's going to be a theft in the night. It's going to just sneak up right on us." And I just think I'm like, "That's what's going to happen. We're going to be going to work the next day. We'll hear the preaching of the pastor. It might be on Monday. Who knows? It could be a Sunday. Or I don't know what day it'll be, but he does." I think it's going to probably be a day, as it says, a thief in the night. It's going to sneak up right on us. It's going to be a day where <clears throat> we're, going to, we're going to be like, oh, you know, the pastor preached several weeks on some amazing stuff. I want to change, but I work tomorrow. I got a heavy day of work, and I'm just going to get back to life now as I, you know, I get back to the day. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, some people work too. You get back to work. You get busy. You get back in the world. You're not meditating on the Word of God. You're not finding these pieces. You're not working the Word of God, and you're just you're not doing anything. And then that's when God's going to come. It's going to be, bam, that's when God's going to come. And it's going to be like, we're going to be right in front of God and be like, I could have done this, I could have done that. This pastor, and God's going to be like, why didn't you listen? You had it, we had it like today, we have it tomorrow, um, last Sunday, we have it every Sunday, we get the word of God. And sometimes we don't do anything. Now, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm doing the same thing. Because I think if the pastor says, I point one finger at everybody else, but I point three at myself. Because I'm supposed to do the exact same stuff that you are. I'm, pre- um, I'm preaching to myself as well. And we just, we don't do anything sometimes. And I, I it, you know, it's stuff like, it's the, what I hate, right? When we don't do anything about it. I'm a per, um, it's just, it's, you know, it just, it's something we should hate is when we don't do anything about it. We should hate that because that's what we do badly on. When the word of God is spoken and we have something to strive for, to work towards, we don't do anything. We sit in our rears right on the couch furniture. I hope I can say that. <laughs> we just sit on the couch and do nothing. And we go back to our, we go back to normal lives every day, routine, and it's our lives are a vapor. My life is really nothing. 
But because of God, it's something. I'm special not because, I'm not special because of who I am, but because of who God is. I think of that sometimes us Christians get in that perspective. We start doing great service for God sometimes, and we think ourselves greatly. And then there's pride, which we are supposed to hate. But I think that I am not, I'm not the person I am today because of what I, who I am. God doesn't love me. All the stuff that I've gained or the service or I'm not going to heaven because of who I am. It's because of who God is. You need to remember that sometimes. Um, we'll just, uh, what time is it? All right, whoa, that was longer than I thought. Okay, so I'm just going to finish up right here if you turn with me. So we're going to spend, I'm just going to read one more verse. Genesis 24, verse um, 24, 52. So Genesis 24, 52. If you turn with me, the last verse of the day. This is another example about thinking of Job and the idea that um, he's given us on how we are supposed to um, be humble. Um, I'm actually going to do one more verse after that. Forgive me. Um, in Genesis 24:52 says, And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. When was the last time we did that? When was the last time we, God made a change in our lives or something big happened or any normal day? We just went to the God and we just bowed, put our face to the ground. And we said, thank you, God, for what you give me. Because, you know, we can look, we can be negative and point out the stuff we don't have. Or we can decide to be positive. You know, I, I like to think Christ, I know Christ was a positive person. He wasn't a negative person. God was always, he was, Christ was a uh, positive person. That's what we want to be, right? Okay, so now we're on the last verse of the day. We, I, I pray that we bow to the floor and when we're going to the Lord, we should go in humbleness. All right, the last verse of the day. I'm going to close right with this verse. Philippians 2, 5, 10. If you turn right there. Philippians 2, 5, 10. So we were talking about being like Job, to be like Christ, and all the pieces that we have given, uh, that he's given us, and that we want to be, and how we get there, and how, to be hu- how do we have this humbleness that it's just sometimes it, we feel like it's out of reach to be humble like that. To be like Job, to be like Christ, and to love the word of God like David did. It's like out of reach. How can we get that? And uh, Christ gave us the perfect example. That's why we should be like Christ. Um, Philippians chapter um, 2, verse chapter 5, verse 10, the 10. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's what we are supposed to do. And took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and things in earth, heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. This is true humbleness. This is the humbleness that we should have. We make ourselves no reputation. You know the world will say, all the young teens, what they're saying? They want to have their voice. They want to make their difference in the world. What is, that's a lot of the world today. They want, to be, they want to be something out in the world. They want to make their mark. They want to do this. They want to be that. They want to be famous. Um, and a lot of that is because they're not, reading, they're not reading this verse here. They're not doing the word of God. They're hearing it, but it's not clicking. It's not getting through that thick skull, which we have, so many have problems with. And it's, this is what we need to strive for, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The Father, that's the verse 11. I meant verse 10. 
and that at the name of Jesus, every name, at the name of him, every knee should bow in things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that we should bow to his name and that this is the true humbleness that we should have. As we read this, this is what I would pray that we think of and all these pieces that we've talked about and to be like Job, the great man that Job was. I pray that we'd be so, just like Job, just like David, to be like Christ in the ultimate point. If you bow your heads, we're going to um, close in prayer. Okay, so we'll just bow our, we'll just do, bow our heads, I guess. We won't do an invita- inv- invitation today, but we're just going to bow our heads and we're going to take a moment in prayer and have some good time in prayer, I pray. And as we bow and bow our heads and we think, God, I just, I want to give you more. How do I do so? Sometimes it's just asking God. God, how can I give you more? Sometimes we know the answer and we just don't want that answer. You know what I mean? It's like I know what, it's t- I know what it takes. I know it takes hard work, but I just, I'm already busy. Well, this stuff is all vanity. This is all just phony, fake stuff that's going to, when I get to heaven, it's not going to matter. The end line is what matters. The beginning is serving God, but the end line, when I get to God, that should, that's good, what I have for him. The crowns, um, what I gave to him matters. It really matters. Some people think it does not matter, but it does. The world likes to think it doesn't matter. You just get there when you get there. Or I want to live the rest of my life the way I want to. That's how we all roll sometimes. That's not how we're supposed to roll. We're supposed to be humble, to be like Job, to be like Christ, to be like David, to be like Christ. It's all to be like Christ, to be just like him. And we have all these pieces. We have exactly what we need, but it's right there in reach. But yet we don't grab it. We can do so much if we just grab it and we just run with it. I was Like I said before, I love running. Some people don't, but some, that's what we need to do with the Word of God. I'm not, tossing, I'm not talking physically, so you're all good. But metaphorically, spiritually, we just need to, we got to take this, this Bible, and we need to run with it. We just got to run with it. We got to take it. We got to be humble. We got to be just like the Lord wants us to be. I'm going to take a moment of prayer. We'll just take a few minutes. All right, so I thank the Lord for his amazing word that he's given us. I'm just going to pray for um, dinner, next, lunch next door, and then we can move over. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day you've given us, Lord, this wonderful time in your word. I pray, uh, speak, um, use David, Lord, for the afternoon. I pray speak through him and use him, Lord. I pray we have a good time in the afternoon. Please help us not to be too tired with full bellies, Lord. I pray help us to have um, good ears to listen, Lord. And not just to um, batter in our minds, but Lord, but to listen um, to you, Lord. Speak through your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, help us to change, Lord. I know you don't, and thank you for that, Lord. But I pray that we change. Change us, mold us to the people 
godly men, um, men and ladies that we are supposed to be. Lord, I pray mold us. Help us to let you mold us. Help us, Lord, to take your word seriously, Lord, and to have meditation in your word, a serious contemplation, Lord. This is, your word is not a joke, Lord, and I pray that we know that. It's not a joke. It's real. It's a serious matter. And Lord, I pray that we give hard work in taking all these pieces that we've learned today and that we remember them, Lord. I pray that we meditate on all this, that we remember this, Lord. Please bring remind us, um, please bring reminders in all our days, Lord, of you and that we have a clear, good um, meditation. And I pray that we be like Job, Lord, just a good man that you, um, you exalted and praised, Lord. A man like Job where we were um, perfect and upright and that truly feared the Lord and eschewed from evil. I pray we do all these things, Lord. I pray help us to truly love like David, the word of God. Pray help us to be like you, Lord. I pray help us to humble ourselves, Lord. It, we are weak, Lord, but when we are weak, you are strong. I pray with you, Lord, you give us strength to do so. And uh, thank you for this uh, evening, Lord. I pray help us to have a blessed food in our bodies. Help us to have a good time. time to